This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. This meeting is being sponsored by the FA General Service Office Literature Committee for the distinct purpose of creating tapes for the tape library. Please join me in a moment of silence followed by the Serenity Prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Oh gosh, it's so great to be standing up here. I just really feel honored to be sharing and um, I just feel so grateful to be a food addict in recovery today with a solution. And to come to a conference like this with so many people that are just so hungry for the solution of food addiction is just beyond me. Um, to be at the FA conference and, and to see all these people that just really want what I want, which is to never ever have to go back to you know just living the life of just wanting to get the food. And um, all I'm going to do today is share a little bit about what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now, and hope that I can reach somebody and um, you know just remember for myself where I come from and hope to God one day at a time that I never go back there. So uh, to give you a little bit about my history, I really, I don't know that I was you know, necessarily quote unquote born a food addict. All I know is I was pretty normal weight wise when I was growing up. I was very active in sports. I was active in a lot of different things. And I was always very picky about what I was eating. I was definitely, definitely picky. I was always a very plain eater. Um, and around the age of about 14 is when I started wanting to, probably, yeah, 14 or 15 is when I started thinking a little bit about my weight and I went on my first diet um, right before my sweet 16 I remember is when a lot of people I grew up in Los Angeles and we always kind of quote we always kind of laugh about when I go back home that you have to weigh in in LA you know you have to make sure that you're at the perfect weight when you go to LA and um, a lot of my friends were doing Weight Watchers and for me it was really just kind of a social thing I decided I wanted to do it with my mom and we went to a Saturday Weight Watcher meeting and the woman said to me I'm sorry honey but you're not 10 pounds overweight so um, you know you can't you can't become a member of Weight Watchers and that is really where I remember the whole thing starting for me is I went there she told me I couldn't join and it was kind of like I can't join I'll show you I'm gonna go out and gain those 10 pounds and you know come back I want to be a part of this and that's really when I remember the whole thing taking off of just the battle all the time of my weight up and down up and down I was definitely a yo-yo dieter and um, I would I was always on a diet I may not have been on the diet I may have been binging my brains out but I was really on a diet I was supposed to be on the diet so I, I never really remember having the freedom from food um, from the time I went on that diet, it was constantly on my mind, and I was just in and out of it, up and down in weight. Um, I was my top weight that I remember was about 155 pounds, and I've maintained about a 40-pound weight loss. I'm about 115, and it is just beyond the fact that I do not 
that I don't binge my brains out today is just beyond me. I cannot believe that it's been um, seven years that I haven't gone into the food, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, I just, you know, up and down, up and down. So much of my story is about looking good on the outside. I just wanted to appear that everything was fine on the outside. And so I did everything in my power to make it look to you that everything was fine with me. And what that meant for me was making sure that I was in the right social club, hanging out with the right people. I always wanted to surround myself by the beautiful, smart, um, you know, quote unquote popular people because I thought that if I surrounded myself by those people, then I would just kind of get lost in that crowd and I could become one of those people without having to really say or do all that much. And I had an older brother that really paved the way for me in high school. And, um, you know, I came in there and I was just so full of doubt, fear, uh, fear, doubt, and insecurity. But I never really verbalized that to anybody because um, I had this kind of buffer because he was two years older than me. You know, he was on the basketball team. He was doing great. And I just kind of walked in there as a little sister and um, used that as kind of a mask for myself of, just hiding behind that and everything was so dramatic for me I just feel like it was so important that I get involved in this or so important that my resume say that and it was it was not because I was interested so much in um, learning about this topic or um, you know whatever the issue was at hand it wasn't so much that I was interested in it it was what it was going to look like to everybody else and for me, I just, it took me to just crazy places of never really wondering, like, what do I want to do with my life? What college do I want to go to? Um, you know, I did a lot of things. I studied abroad. I, I, I just kind of followed what the mold was. And I've always said for a long time that I followed this, the etiquette of what they say you should do. And I never met who they are. I don't know who they are. I don't know who set this standard in my life. But I followed that template. And for me, it meant going to high school, and I, it was just so important that I become a cheerleader, and I had to be on this, you know, in the, I had to be on this home Corman court, and I had to have this boyfriend, and I had to go to a UC college and, you know, study abroad and be in a sorority, because if I did all of those things and my resume looked a certain way, then I felt like I would be enough. And it just never felt like enough. And I just remember that feeling of fear, doubt, and insecurity was so strong inside of me that if I could show you my resume, like a tangible thing, then maybe you would think I was okay. Um, I just, I can remember back going to parties and feeling like I did not want to be there. And I would show up anyways, and you know, I would end up going home and I would be binging my brains out. Um, I had definitely had like my certain corner stores that I frequented often and it makes me laugh a lot today when I go back home and I'm like, oh my gosh, they went out of business. Of course they went out of business. I'm a food addict in recovery today. You know, I, I feel like I kept places in business. But the, just remembering the feelings of, of binging my brains out in the aftermath of it, I can just remember like the sweat. I felt like I had like little sweat beads on my face. It was like coming out my pores. I would binge so much. And I had my rituals. Just like I feel a heroin addict has their rituals with heroin, I definitely had my rituals with food. And, um, you know, it, it was just so destructive to, to getting anywhere further in my life, really getting somewhere further. Like, um, not necessarily, like I said, I did fine on paper, going to the schools, having the friends, doing those things. I did fine with it. But... But growing inside, it just stunted me so much. Um, gosh, um, I just, you know, like I said, I really want to remember what it was like when I was out there in the food. And um, I remember eating so much flour product that I felt like my bones, like my bones literally were aching. And 
I, I had my eating buddies for sure, absolutely. I can remember thinking, you know, I did, when I didn't have my driver's license, I would think, who can I call that's going to want to go to this place with me um, and not think about wanting to be in their company, but really, you know, where can I go to get the food and who's going to go with me or who's going to drive me there? And then once that was over and we got it, it wasn't like, oh, cool, what do you want to do now? It was like, I just want to go home kind of thing. I would, I, it wasn't about, you know, just wanting to to uh, socialize with the people and it just blows my mind how I just so enjoy people today. Um, I, I just love being here at this conference and staying up and, uh, until the wee hours of the evening just talking without the food or you know the frozen yogurt run or whatever. I mean that's what it was all about for me. So as, the, as I got more and more caught up in the food um, I was not one that wanted to openly admit that I had a problem about anything uh, at all. I just always wanted to make believe that everything was as so in my life. And like I said, I never openly admitted that I had a problem. But, you know, you can't really hide when you're up and down in weight. There's only so much you can do other than, you know, I tried everything. I did the Nutrisystem. I did the Weight Watchers. I did the tanning salons. I did, you know, growing out my hair, wearing it curly, wearing it straight, wearing, you know, the the lines horizontal instead of vertical or whatever you know I thought was going to hide it. The, I definitely had my uniform of the stirrup pants and the long sweatshirts and um, you know wearing the sweatshirts around my waist and it was just torture, torture, torture. You know waking up and thinking what am I going to wear today? We went on a, a family trip in high school and I had just done Nutrisystem. I was as thin as I had been in quite some time and you know I read in the OA literature one time that it said um, that we drew the drapes, we hid, and we ate. And that is exactly what I did on that trip. I think I wore my little uh, bikini for maybe five whole minutes before I was face back down in the food. And just the humiliation, I was sharing a, a condo with my brother, and I remember we bought food for the week, and my brother was like 6'3", and when we were growing up, on one side of the counter, he had his weight gain, you know, like his weight gain powder because he could not keep weight on to save his life. And on the other end of the counter, we had my Nutrisystem or my Weight Watcher scale or whatever it was. It was just completely different, um, you know, struggles of, of whatever it was. And I just could not, I could not accept that I was not thin. I wanted to look a certain way to fit this part that I was working so hard to get to. And I just couldn't do it. I could not do it. And um, I went to, like I said, I went to that first OA meeting and I was looked around and I thought, what are these people talking about? And I could not get out of there fast enough. But I was so miserable um, on that trip to Hawaii and having been so thin, and that was so telling to me that thin was not well. I could be in a thin body and I was still running around crazy and I ended up face down in the food. Um, and then I uh, went... So I, I finished my high school years and I was just up and down, up and down, trying all the different diets and then went away to college. And, um, you know, I, I remember that I went to another, when I started struggling again, I did Weight Watch or I did Nutrisystem again in college. And I remember lugging in that white trash bag of powdered food. And, you know, it's so funny because I wasn't, I just made it in the dorms. It smelled up the whole dorm, whatever, but I just made it because it was so important that when I went back for that, um, you know, reunion time when the people came back the first time from Christmas vacation to high school that I was in a thin body because I had gone back at Thanksgiving or, or something and I was just huge and I was so embarrassed and I had to get that weight off and I was willing to spend $100 a week. I don't know where the money came from for the food or the diets. But in some way, I was able to get that money and, um, you know, go on those diets because it was so important to me or to get the food when that was so important to me. 
So I had remembered about those meetings that my dad told me, and I ended up finding another OA meeting um, in college when I was a sophomore in college, and I went to it for a very short time, and I heard about... Um, I heard different things that people did and I just kind of looked around and there was a lot of heavy people there just kind of commiserating with one another and I knew I didn't want that but I didn't really know what else to do. So I asked one woman a little bit about her food plan and she told me that she ate um, you know, three meals a day with nothing in between and why don't I come to her house and she's, you know, tell me a little bit more about it. And she ate the entire time. Like her meals were three meals a day with nothing in between, but there was no weighing and measuring or anything like that. So I just, you know, I kind of gave up. And um, at that point I had decided for no other reason than I thought really it would just look good to tell other people that I was going to go live in Europe for a year or so. So I went off to, to England for the year and I literally stayed there because I just didn't want the... I didn't want to admit that I might want to come home. You know, there were times in college all I wanted to do was come back home and I couldn't do it because I didn't want to look down at myself that I, I couldn't stay there, you know, that I just couldn't be successful there, so I stayed. And I did have some wonderful experiences, but when, the, when you're in the food, it is so hard to really, really experience those things and doing all these things for the wrong reasons, um, you know, like I said, about looking good to other people was just you know, not so enjoyable. Um, so I came back from England and um, again, you know, I had one more year of college, so I finished college and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. So I, I thought it would be really cool to go to graduate school. I thought that would look good. So I moved to Michigan and um, that is when my disease really took off. Um, you know, where I was really just sick and tired of being sick and tired of being in and out of the food, you know, up and down in weight, having tried everything. Um, I just was so sick of it. And I had heard that there was an OA meeting on campus. And I went to that meeting, and these are the words that stuck out, stood out for me so much, was find somebody who has what you want and ask how it was achieved. And at that point, I was strictly there for the vanity. I didn't want anything other than a thin body at that time. So I looked at the woman that was sitting next to me. There was literally three of us. It was a lunch meeting. And I looked at her up and down, and I thought to myself, I don't care if this woman just got out of an insane asylum. I don't care if she's mentally ill. I don't care what is going on in her brain. She's got a thin body smaller butt than I have, thinner thighs than I have, I want what she has. And that's when I said, you know, what is it that you're doing? And she said to me, this is what I'm doing. Eat these, you know, here's a food plan, call me in the morning. I struggled so hard thinking, if I do this food plan, there is no way I'm going to have a life. And I took the poll of the few people that I knew in Michigan at that time, which was very few, and they confirmed, no, you will not have a life if you do something like that. Absolutely not. So I thought, yeah, they're right. And I tried to call that lady, and she wasn't around. So I thought, well, you know, the type of person I am, I definitely come from being more of a people pleaser, wanting to make sure everybody's okay. And, um, and uh, I wasn't about to not call her and be rude in the morning. So I called her pretty much to say, thank you, but no thank you. That's kind of crazy. But I really thought about it. If I didn't just have that conversation with her, what was I going to eat? You know, there were so many times that I waited until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I would try so hard to not eat anything until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and 3 o'clock in the afternoon would come and I'd be smacked back down in the food, um, you know, having to get what I needed to make me feel okay. And I never understood that concept of fear, doubt, and insecurity because the hardest thing for me to do in this program was to be at step one and admit that I needed help. And that's what kept me, I feel for so long, that's what kept me out of these rooms. Um, 
and learning about it being a disease. You know, I really thought I was, uh, I went to graduate school to become a social worker, so studying all about that, I thought, but you have to have these components in order to have an eating disorder. I mean, I really thought that, and I thought, no, that doesn't equate with me. I had, you know, I had a loving family, and I had this, and I had, you know, friends, and, and all of these things, so I couldn't have an eating disorder, but I just knew that I had a problem, but I just didn't want to admit it. Uh, it was just so hard for me to admit. But I did finally, you know, ask this woman for help. And, um, you know, I would call her and she'd ask me what was going on for me. And I'd think, oh, nothing, you know, what should I eat today? I just, I couldn't get in touch that I ever had feelings of fear, doubt, and insecurity. Um, and I, I started to open up. She helped me lose the weight. And I stayed with her for about six months. And then she moved away. And I thought, cool, she's away. I'm thin. I'm done. And I just totally stayed on the outskirts of all the meetings. And this was an OA. I, I went to meetings when I wanted to. I connected with people when I wanted to. But there really wasn't a commitment. And that is one of the reasons that I feel so grateful to be here at this conference today. Because I feel like standing up here, sharing my story, coming to this conference, having been at this conference two years ago, I am in this program with two feet. I am 100% submerged in this program. And in my life, I was in soccer, softball, piano, um, clay class. You know, I mean, I did everything. I, but I didn't commit to anything. I was a jack of all trades, but master of none, absolutely. I just could not commit to anything because I always thought, what else is going to be better? I was all about there's something else out there that's better. And um, when this woman moved away, I continued to weigh and measure my food for the most part, but I wasn't really thinking about a higher power or um, any of the components that make my program what it is today. I just didn't have that. Um, and then it came a time where I was thinking, you know what, great, I'm thin and I'm still full of fear, full of fear doubt, and insecurity. I'm miserable. And there was, right then, right when they needed it, a woman moved from, I think she moved from D.C. and she was my age. And she's who brought the F.A. program to Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I was living. And I asked her, you know, would you sponsor me? And I remember her saying, I'm not sure, you know, I kind of want to see how willing you are. And I just thought, ew, you know, that's just sick. It wouldn't mean how willing am I. And she shared with me that she got on her knees, she committed to three meetings a week, all these things that she did that made up her program. And I thought to myself, you know what, I'm thin, but I want more. And that's when I became willing to do the things that she said that helped her so much in her life to become the person that she was wanting to be. And I left there, when I got, when I got home that night, I thought, why am I willing to do this? I do have a thin body now. And I've learned, like I said, that thin is not well, and I absolutely have a disease a fear, doubt, and insecurity that manifests itself in food. And um, that was just my first reaction to life, as they say. So really asking somebody, when they say find somebody who has what you want, it was all about, first and foremost, you know, somebody that was thinner than I was. And then it turned to, wow, somebody that has you know, a way of living that is working for them. And that has been the most amazing thing in here. Um, so much of this program for me, well, threefold in nature, as they say, that it's a physical, mental, and spiritual disease. And um, that it is, I have reprieve from it a day at a time as long as I'm willing to do the things that have been suggested to me. And I did not want to have a God in my life. That was not something that I came in here for. I came in here strictly to lose the weight. And um, that has been the biggest process for me. So much of my recovery has been a process because as much as I 
admitted to the fear, doubt, and insecurity later that I did have that. When I came in here, I was full of fear, doubt, and insecurity that there was no way I was going to have a life if I weighed and measured my food, if I, you know, huddled in the corner with a bunch of, you know, other food addicts and talked about how to weigh and, weigh and measure, chop my vegetables, get to my meetings on time. I thought, how is that going to give me the life that I'm striving so hard to get to? I just didn't get it. And today, Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable to me when my sponsor would say to me, just weigh and measure your food, do the basics of this program, put your food on a scale, get to your meetings on time, do service, and I guarantee you, your life will get better. And I just, I was willing to do it, but I was so scared that it was not going to get me the life that prior to program I was working so hard to get to. And I think about when I was in high school and, you know, I, I just... When I, I was where I wanted to be in high school, not inside, but on the outside, which today I want my insides and my outsides to match my outsides and my insides. I just want that more than anything, to be comfortable in my skin and to be the person that I'm showing you on the outside that I am, to feel that way truly on the inside. And that, this program has absolutely helped me to get there. And it's with the help of a sponsor, an absolute mentor in my life, that I am so grateful to have somebody that I can call and share the craziness that goes on in my head. Um, I can just let it out and talk about it, about things that go on in life that, you know, most people would think, huh, you're talking to somebody else about that? It is just the biggest gift in my life that I can share um, whatever's going on with somebody that knows me so well. And to have somebody that, is, that I've been sharing this stuff with for years now that really knows me and helps me to get to the next level and wants, only for, wants me to only get better is just absolutely such a gift. Um, so, and the help of the fellowship to watch people grow, was, that's where I really learned about having a God in my life. Is It wasn't people say that, you know, you, know, you watch things on TV or there's a miraculous thing that happened and I was struck with, you know, thinking there's a God. What happened for me was I tried Weight Watchers, I tried Nutrisystem, I tried all of the different diets and I could lose the weight for a little bit and then I would always put it back on. And when I came in here and was given a similar food plan to what I was eating on Weight Watchers when I was weighing and measuring my food in Weight Watchers, and then somebody said, why don't you just act as if you believe that there's something bigger than yourself out there? Um, that is when I said, oh my gosh, I was doing that. I was acting as if I believed that there was something greater than myself and I was weighing and measuring my food and the weight didn't come back on. That was when I said, wow, I'm, I'm starting to believe that there is something out there bigger than myself that can help me to do this. And, um, you know, today I absolutely, not only do I believe in God, I want more of a relationship with God than anything because that is truly what helps me on a daily basis to trust that one day at a time, no matter what comes up, that I can walk through it and I don't have to eat ever, ever again. That is such a gift in my life. Um, and it was, like I said, it was such a process for me. And I really see that, you know, they say that God doesn't give you anything until you can handle it. When I was in regular OA, just weighing and measuring my food, I got to a point where I was setting my alarm clock like five minutes before I had to get up. And I would just lay there. And this was in regular OA. And I was reading the literature about having a spiritual part of my life. And I would just like look at the ceiling and say, I don't know what this is about, but I read about it and I, and I hear about it. And, um, thank you. and I um, started slowly to establish a relationship with God. And then I came into FA and they suggested that I sit quietly for 30 minutes and really start to build a relationship with God. And I was more open to doing something like that because I slowly but surely kind of had that in my life. Um, 
but I really just will today I am blown away by the miracles that have happened first for people that have gone before me because I am such a person that is all about tangibles I need to see the proof before I'm willing to jump in so thank God for the people that went before me that I could say okay she was scared she did it she's getting the desires of her heart why not just try it I mean what I had nothing to lose and that's exactly what I did I just tried it and I was willing I was fearful about kind of becoming as we say a bozo on the bus I didn't want to just be another person that kind of was willing to do this program but when you get desperate enough and you want recovery I was like fine I am willing to do this and I just dove in I really did I dove in I got a sponsor that same woman from Ann Arbor and I was really willing to put this program first I actually I wanted to come back to California so bad where I grew up but I was in an AWOL in in Michigan and I remember hearing a tape when I used to drive to work and this woman was saying on her tape that she and her husband <clears throat> excuse me were building their dream home and um, she was in an AWOL and she was gonna wait to move in with him when her AWOL was over and I could not press eject faster I thought are you kidding me she's gonna move to her dream home after her AWOL when you know her life is happening right in front of her today I absolutely understand that I today is actually five weeks that I've been married and you know I really thought about you know there was actually I didn't have to think about it the conference was going on and I thought absolutely I'm gonna I'm gonna get married I'm gonna have my honeymoon we're gonna be you know settling in for the first few weeks and then of course I'm gonna come to this conference because I know that I would not have what I have in my life today if I was not abstinent if I did not have a God in my life if I did not do service um, if I didn't show up and, and one day at a time do what I have done, you know, one day at a time for the past seven years, I just wouldn't be where I am today. So there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to come here. Um, just being here at this conference and hearing all the changes and seeing people and being a part of, you know, different fellowships from living in Michigan and when I go home to Los Angeles and watching that fellowship grow up and being a part of watching the Northern California um, fellowship grow up around me is just unbelievable to see all these changes and the people that come in and their lives changing and getting to share my own experience of how my life has changed through this program is just so you know people say that you will have a life that is second to none and I really feel like I'm living that but what I was saying before and I kind of got sidetracked that was when I was in high school I was on the outside like living the life that I wanted to live and I always I didn't really have a doubt in my mind that one day I'd get married and I'd have kids and I'd live happily ever after that was just my mentality but something happened at, for this food addict that I was stunted in my growth and from that time when I thought those things to basically you know now in my recovery I just missed the boat like nothing was happening I was doing all of these things but I was not growing as a person and I feel like with I would never be where I am today even though I thought I would get there somehow by manipulating the system or doing whatever I needed to get there um, I thought that I would get here but now I see in hindsight if I didn't have this program I would never ever be where I am today and um, it's just amazing to me how I can fool myself and I, I, it's such a big part of my story about the manipulation that I would manipulate the system in order to get what I wanted and I thought that it was so great at the end like yes I got there 
And those are the things that really I feel like I ended up eating over because I felt so terrible that I wasn't honest or um, it was so important to me to be on the dean's list in school. So I would do whatever I needed to do to make sure that my grades were going to be where they needed to be. But then I'd end up feeling terrible and then in the long run I'd end up eating and then in the long run I'd end up getting fatter and it was just a cycle that I just could not get out of. I just could not find a solution out. And the only thing that was, is my solution is this program. And when I first came in and I heard you know, people talking, I remember after my first meeting, I heard people talking and I thought, great, so what do I do to get thin? So I hear that you lost all this weight and you're thin now, so what is it that I'm supposed to do? And I just didn't get it. And that's where I think for newcomers, it's like just keep coming back and jump in. If you really think that it's something, if you have a problem with food, I think about go ask somebody who has what they want and ask how it was achieved. And, um, you know, I don't have to figure it out anymore. All I have to do is stick around, keep doing what I'm doing, give service, ask people, you know, that have gone before me how they got to where they are, uh, be honest with my sponsor and really let her in. And, you know, they say that in order to, ha to keep what you have, you have to give it away. And to have sponsees that are hungry for this and to, you know, give service to them is, they say it's a selfish program. It is definitely a selfish program. I want to give this away so that I can keep it what, I, what I have and just keep getting better. Um, let's see. I just feel like remembering, once again, I hope that I painted a good enough picture of what it was like for me in the food of just battling, having, feeling like I had so much so much to give but yet my life was just so small and just so about where I was going to get the next thing that I wanted how I was going to get the next outfit that was actually going to fit and to wake up in the morning and to be able to wear the same thing that I wore the last season and hearing people say that they had to get a new pair of jeans because there were holes in their jeans not because they outgrew their jeans it's just so awesome and you know I did not come in here to make friends like I shared with you I did I was not wanting anything as far as being a part of a 12-step program, I just thought that that's what my dad needed, but there was no way that I was going to need this. And, you know, it's so funny how God works because when I let go and I just let whatever's going to happen, happen, I mean, the friends that I have made in these rooms, like I said, not coming in here to make friends, it is just unbelievable the um, connection that I have with other women and to have them show up in a way for me, just, you know, just having gotten married, the way that they showed up for me, but the way that they were on this whole process, this whole dating process of me saying, no guy's going to ever go for this. This is just a crazy way of living and all of this stuff. But it just, when it's supposed to happen, it happens. And to, you know, have those relationships and those connections are just amazing. Because when you're in the food, the only phone calls I was making were to my friends saying, I did it again, you guys, I did it again. And I would, like, make lists. I would literally make lists of all the food that I had put in my mouth the night before. And I, I remember this not that long ago, that when I was in high school, um, the guy that I was dating, he was very active in sports and he had decided that he was going to stop smoking pot, go to the gym every morning and, you know, get really active and, and make sure that he was doing really well in sports. So he would call me in the morning and say, I'm not going to smoke pot today. I'm going to the gym, you know, before school. And I would say, okay, this is what I'm eating today. And we would check in with each other at the end of the day. And he would say, I went to the gym. Did you eat what you said you were going to eat? And I, it was so rare that I ever said that I ate what I, or did, I stuck to what I was going to eat. But it's so funny to me that when I came into these rooms, it was suggested to write and commit my food so that I didn't have to think about it for the day. It's like, I did that by myself, but by myself, it didn't work. But with the help of all the tools in these rooms that I learned, like I said, you know, having a sponsor, having committed meetings, um, weighing and measuring my food, doing service, getting on my knees, reading the big book, 
Um, you know, the AWOLs are something that has just been so amazing for me. They say that you need to have a personality change in order to continue to grow. And like I said, I didn't want a personality change. I thought I was doing just fine. I just thought that I needed to lose the weight. And, um, you know, through the AWOLs and through getting honest and talking to my sponsor about things, you see, yep, I have to let go of certain things. If I want to change or if I want to keep what I have, then I'm going to have to change. And that has been an amazing process. But the first things first is just getting the basics down. That's what I needed to do was to just put down the food and to, um, and to get to step one because that was the hardest thing to just open my mouth and admit that I was a food addict and that I really needed help was the most difficult thing that I did in these rooms and then putting down the food and then you know going through all of the other things that led to being where I am today. So um, I'm just so grateful to be here and so grateful that I was asked to share and I just want to keep coming back. There is so much more to get and I just know that I will never be done but I also know that I'm one bite away and I can never ever take this for granted. You know, hearing about people that have years of abstinence that it just takes, you know, one slip or one, you know, one getting too cocky or thinking that I have it licked or, um, you know, losing humility. You know, I could be back there in a second and I don't know if I could ever come back. I don't know if I'd ever come back to these rooms but I just know that I would never be the person that I am today without this program. And I want it, and I just want it to keep getting better. And you know, going away on my honeymoon and not having meetings for the week, and um, I just, I, I thought to myself when I got back, it is so amazing to me that I didn't think like now I have the guy, and you know, here I am on my honeymoon. I'm, I'm here in Hawaii, and I don't need those meetings or I don't need this. But I thought if I was to let go of that, my life has just kept getting better. Why would I want to stop here? I want it to keep getting better. I want to see what's in store for me because I know that there's no way I have never ever seen anybody come up to a meeting and say um, you know my name's so-and-so and I'm a food addict and I was miserable when I came in here and now I'm worse off like I've never heard that I've only heard it just keeps getting better so I know that I am on this road one day at a time for the long haul and um, you know, just like I said, I just want to continue to stay humble and ask God for help and use the tools of this program to just keep being the person that God intends for me to be. And, um, you know, it's so weird sometimes to even hear myself say that because it's not where I was coming from. It's not what I wanted. But the tools that I thought were so ridiculous that were up on the wall that we saw today, keep it simple, one day at a time, um, just for today, all of those things, like, just are the most amazing things, the simplicity of just sitting and saying the serenity prayer and, um, you know, just turning things over and just waking up a day at a time saying, if I can just weigh and measure my food, then I know that it's going to be, a, it's going to be an okay day. And where I came from, when somebody first told me that, if all you do today is weigh and measure your food, then you've had a good day, I thought, no, you don't know where I come from. I need to accomplish all these things in order to be a good person. There's no way that just weighing and measuring my food is going to be enough. And you know what? Some days it has to be enough. It just has to be enough. But the more days that I have behind me where I weigh and measure my food, the more I'm able to see that I can do more things as long as I stop and ask God for help and you know, check in with another food addict and make those calls and connect with other people um, and just take a second to quietly you know, remember where I come from, then I can do more and more. So I'm just going to continue to do that and continue to come back to these conferences and um, you know watch people grow and change and have babies and get married and watching people's true heart's desires come true and remember that I never ever want to go back to the food and feeling like I have to have that 
that feeling is something that is, you know, you can't really explain it. It's like some people told me on your wedding day, one of my closest friends said, you will not, you, you cannot imagine what that feeling is like, you know, on the day that you're out there. And I remember after our first dance, I was like, I was just like loving it. I was having the time of my life. And that feeling that I had was like no food, no drug, no nothing inside of me could ever, ever take away the feeling that I had in recovery, abstinent, you know, really watching the things that I want to come true in my life coming true. And um, to be able to walk through that is just such a, an amazing feeling. I just, it's so true. You can't explain to somebody that's struggling with food what abstinence, look, what abstinence feels like. And my sponsor told me time and time again, if I could just paint you a picture, if I could just paint you a picture. And I would hold on so tightly like, no, you don't understand. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to work. But when I look in the mirror and I see that the weight is off and that my life is changing, why wouldn't I just trust that? Why wouldn't I trust the people that have gone before me um, that this program is going to work if I just take those suggestions? But it's just so scary to turn that over and to trust that this person has their best intentions in mind for me and that they're going to help me get to the place where I've always wanted to be, that I was trying to get to on my own, manipulating the system, hiding out, you know, stealing food, getting caught, having roommates ask me, like, I just made this, where'd it go? And I'm like, you know, they were leaving for the day. I thought they forgot about it and I ended up eating it, but they ran home to get it. But it was gone because I ate it so quickly. I mean, those are the memories that I just, I have to remind myself of how humiliating those times were and what it was like to be up and down in weight all the time and think that for the past seven years I've been in a thin body and, I, and a saner mind and, um, you know, having a God in my life and really seeing that this is a disease of feared out and insecurity that I absolutely don't want to go back to that I will just keep showing up, keep being humble, keep being honest, keep asking God for help. And um, thank you so much for, for letting me keep coming back and letting me share my story today. Those who wish, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.